You know, I think a mutual parting is possible in Pittsburgh. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Identify for me coaches that you believe are coaching for their jobs. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Washington, Carolina. Chargers. You got the Raiders, too. And again, it sounds weird. Pittsburgh, New England, Seattle. But those would be, would be changes. Today's guests. NFL Executive Vice President of Football Operations, Troy Vincent. Colorado Head Coach, Deion Sanders. Fox Sports College Football Insider, Bruce Feldman. Actress, Shelley Hennig. And now, Rich Eisen. What a show we have. The next three hours, just stay right where you are. It's going to be awesome uh, or awesome for you to uh, watch or listen to. We're right here on the Roku channel. We're right here on this Rich Eisen Show, Terrestrial Radio Affiliate, Sirius XM, Odyssey, and more. It's National Signing Day, or at least one of the one of them. <laughs> Um, and in college football and the crazy world in the middle of the transfer portal being open, you've got signing day going down today. And what a perfect time to have Bruce Feldman of Fox Sports in the athletic in studio and Deion Sanders zooming into the show. That's all happening today. Um, and we also have a, a very um, high ranking executive of the National Football League zooming in in about 15 minutes time. The executive vice president of football operations, Troy Vincent, as soon as I heard him say, you know, uh, maybe there is a reason to give another shot of the football to somebody who fumbles the ball through the end zone. As soon as we heard that, I'm like, I got to get him on the program. Um, and as we all know, there's a lot of rules that's going down in the National Football League with the brotherly shove and all of a sudden the spike in offensive offsides and things of that nature. So there's lots to talk about with Troy Vincent when he joins us in a now 12 minutes time. And the actress Shelley Hennig from the show Obliterated will be here in studio in hour number three. She's a diehard fan of the Saints who are pulling it to town in just a couple of days for uh, Thursday Night Football. It's tomorrow night, as a matter of fact. Rams and the Saints. Good to see you over there, Chris Brockman. Hey, How are Rich. you? I'm great. What's up, man? DJ Mikey D is indeed Morning, nuts. I know you're excited for Prime. Oh, He's one of your favorites. He's uh, You're one of his. Oh. So that'll be great. And I know, TJ, you're ready for Prime because you got the blenders on right yeah, now. I'm feeling good. You know, you, you look good. You play good. You feel good. That's you it. pay you, good. You, oh, everything. And then you get to the NFL. You know, these glasses, the they look good, though, I think. Yeah, so Prime will be on in hour number three. It's going to be great. Um, so very entertaining doubleheader on TNT last night. Indeed. And we'll talk about <laughs> the return of John Morant. Yeah. And, uh, your Celtics uh, losing in overtime to the Warriors, and now they're in Sacramento tonight <laughs> as they're on their West Coast swing. Um, we'll, we'll discuss that later we can't on. Can't be Golden State and San Francisco. <laughs> you know, it's great, right? So not uh, great, but not let's. Great, not. <laughs> I, I, as you know, um, the the NFL season has three weeks left in it, and we're all sitting here on shows like this one talking about. What's to come? Like, we can't just enjoy the moment, <laughs> you know? Um, and we're always looking down the road. Perfect example. Game of the week. One seed versus one seed. Ravens versus 49ers. And it's not just, you know, an enjoyable way for the week to end and for Christmas night to end. I mean, there's five NBA games of the of the NBA Christmas schedule and three for the NFL. And here comes the Ravens and 49ers. And we're sitting here saying, is this a preview of the Super Bowl? Yep. We're looking down the road. Absolutely. Uh, the Buffalo Bills will kick things off by, I imagine, 
taking the uh, the stick named Easton and breaking it off in, uh, here in Los Angeles and placing it um, where the sun doesn't shine for GIF. <laughs> it's Jeff or GIF, the new uh, GIF. Oh, Internet the new coach. guy, I think, is GIF. Okay, GIF. So, yeah, maybe Jeff. I don't and, know. <laughs> and, and, but we're guilty of it, too. I mean, we're sitting here talking about the Bills. Are they the best team in the AFC? Yeah. Because of the way that they're playing. We're seeing the potential clouds forming in the AFC with the Bills playing that the way that they are. And I keep pointing out all we need to see to really get a week 18 slice of drama thrown on our television sets as the last game of the year, the regular season game of the year. They always want to have winner goes in, loser goes home, like a de facto playoff game. The NFL would love to serve that up. If you don't have a winner goes in, loser goes home, which it could possibly wind up being winner is the two seed and winner of the AFC East and the loser if they're the Bills goes home. That's entirely possible that a Buffalo Bills team that is playing so well can't get in as a wild card because the Colts and the Bengals and the Browns keep winning. And suddenly the Bills have 10 wins and their only way of getting in is to catch the Dolphins and knock the Dolphins into a wild card spot, knock the seven seed out and install them as the two seed. I've never seen a situation where you can be either out of the playoffs or the second best seed in the conference. I mean, that's entirely possible that this happens. And the Dolphins are playing the Cowboys this week and so the narrative as we like to say here in the outside world of nfl buildings and these narratives frequently creep into the buildings is cowboys at dolphins is the narrative of but who have they really beaten on the road because they beat the Seahawks and the Eagles at home to finally remove the label that Miami still has of, yeah, but who have they really beaten? (laughs) Right. And that's a narrative that Mike McDaniel himself addressed in Germany before they played the Chiefs saying, we hear it means nothing because we got to beat the Chiefs. And if we don't, we'll still have that narrative, but there's still lots more games to go. And as a matter of fact, like case in point, They lost the Chiefs that day. Yeah, but who have you really beaten? And then you look at the AFC standings right now, and they're above the Chiefs. They have a better record than the Chiefs. They've beaten more than not. And then they have a team like the Titans come in and totally confuse the hell out of all of us. And so narratives are that. And we're saying, is this the game that can cause Miami to have problems down the road? Is this the game that the Cowboys win on the road and show that Last week's game in Buffalo is a complete outlier or, you know, can't use, I imagine, cold, bad weather as an excuse, as Jerry Jones appeared to do in his media availability this past week. And so how do you handle this if you're a coach? How do you tell your guys just to focus in on all that? And Mike McDaniel, when he came on this show a couple weeks ago, prior to that game against the Titans, I asked him, how do you close out the deal? You have a chance to be the one seed. How do you close it out? And he said, basically, the way you close it out is not by, by not talking about it. Remember he said that to us? Mm-hmm. You just don't discuss it. You just focus on the task at hand. Keep it moving. 
Well, he came up with a soundbite of the year today on this very subject. Now that it's truly rubber meat and road, Cowboys at Dolphins, and then the Dolphins have a trip to Baltimore the next week with Buffalo down the line. So how do you keep these guys focused on just this one game? Mike McDaniel has that set the standard as only he can. I instructed the players to um, anything other than ta- uh, concerning yourself with um, the the next opponent, which for us is the Dallas Cowboys, and and any other narrative um, that has to do with good teams or um, playoff seeds or the next three game, all that stuff. Um, I, I gave them the clearance to tell all members of the media to, with all due respect, <laughs> F off. With all due respect. Um, because all we're focused on is the Dallas Cowboys, and uh, they, they definitely deserve our attention. So as we clean up our game um, from the previous, we'll be thinking about that, and um, the narratives will be what they be. Um, and not really concerned, know that that's going to exist, but it's really inconsequential for what we're trying to do. Soundbite of the year. There he is. Because he knows if you don't front the disrespect with with all due respect, you're being disrespectful. Absolutely. (laughs) So it removes all disrespect when you front it. He fronted it and backed it. With all due respect, F off. (laughs) <laughs> With all due respect, you just remind, I just told you in just advance. told you that I'm being respectful. This is an RES consulting staple yes. since day one of this program. Absolutely. You can be disrespectful as the day is long, as, as long, long as you front it. With, with all due respect. All due respect. <laughs> That's uh, I mean, that's an instant classic right there. Mike McDaniel coming up with an instant classic. And again, I don't know if you saw on the in-season hard knocks, the speech he gave to his team after the Titans lost saying, you know, I effed up. Look at my mistakes and you're trying to overcome my mistakes. Don't do that. I'm going to be better. You take care of your business, be better. And we're all going to get through this together. And this guy knows exactly how to address his team. Uh, and, and us in the media, we're laughing while you're telling us to F off. Brilliant. What, Brilliant. What, what he said to the team going into the game, really? I don't know if you saw that episode, was pretty funny, too. It's I nothing mean, you can repeat here on, on air. But I'm just glad that they, they let this stuff pass the goalie that we get to see yeah, it. and Because, yeah. you know, some of these hard knocks are, are, are somewhat scrubbed. But yeah. it's rubber meat and road. It's that time of year. And the Miami Dolphins have an opportunity to gain a playoff spot with a win against the Dallas Cowboys this week. And he's just saying, that's it. Box it up. Anybody else coming at us with what about the Ravens? What about the Bills and how well they're playing? And if you'd screw this up, what about the narrative? And he's saying F off. With all due respect. Oh, I'm sorry. Actually, what he's saying is with all due respect, F off. Let's take a break. Troy Vincent's going to be joining us here. The executive vice president of football operations of the National Football League. Deion Sanders still to come too. What a day. Don't move. 
Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat, where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. All right, back here on the program, keeping an eye on everything going on in the uh, world of the signing community right for college football yeah certainly with Deion sanders joining us in hour number Ooh. three you know i saw the one eye of, on uh, that. ohio state's uh four-star wide receivers is now going to oregon oh is that right yeah when you say ohio state which one? <laughs> oh, sorry the ohio okay state. thank you <laughs> because you know i'm i get confused well, there's, Miami there's, of ohio there's an ohio state there's an also ohio. yeah there you're right no, I mean, University of Michigan has um, other campuses because it's a state program. Sure. You know, and so it, we, we could make sure people understand it's the University of Michigan, but we don't. Just trying to show different, you know. Do, do you say the Syracuse University? You don't. You know why? I doubt. There's only well, one. There's only one. Right. There's only it's one. not a state school. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is technically, right? No, it's not. Syracuse no, is not well, part Syracuse of this. Syracuse is the main, and then there's yeah. the SUNY program. SUNY program, yeah. Right. All over the Well, Cornell has like a SUNY part of a right. program there, too. Oswego and right. yeah. Genesee. There's yeah. all, there's all yep, kinds there's of right. there's Portland. Correct. I, used to, I used to call myself the TJ Jefferson. Yeah. Well, as well, you, you should. Because there was a couple TJs, so I had to distinguish myself. Okay. From right. Well, uh, our radio audience is about to return, and that's when we'll welcome in the Troy Vincent. <laughs> There's only there's only one of him anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, well, he's a senior, so there's another one. He went to Wisconsin. He's a he's a Big Tenner. Yeah, yeah. You know, is it the the Big Ten? The University of Wisconsin? No, 
No, they're Wisconsin at Madison. At Madison. Right. Yeah. They have several See? others. Which is, it would make right. sense to say right. it's the University of Wisconsin. Well, they don't want the other Wisconsins to feel bad. Right. So that's why they wouldn't do that. They're good people there in the yeah. state of Wisconsin. Yeah. That's for sure. Salt of the earth. Back on the Rich Eisen Show radio network, I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. He's a Walter Payton Man of the Year award winner in his 15 years in the National Football League, and he's now in his 10th season as the executive vice president of football operations of the NFL. Troy Vincent joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, Troy? I'm doing well. Holiday season, going into week 16. Yep. College football is coming to a close. That's so right. we're in that championship run. I'm excited to see how this thing ends up. Uh, me too. You and you and me both. Just real quick, uh, I've got Prime on later on. You got a good Deion Sanders story, Troy, from back in your day? What well, do you, got you know, De- everyone always reminds me when Deion and I got into it on the field one time. Mm-hmm. You know, it was one when Deion was playing both sides of the ball. When I was in Philly, he was in Dallas. And you used to always hear myself, Bobby Taylor, Al Harris. We were the corners at that time. We used to say, if if Dion, if Prime goes to wide receiver, we got to take advantage of him. <laughs> and we got into a scuffle. Uh, him oh. and I got into a scuffle uh, in a play that they really should have thrown both of us out. Oh. But they didn't. Yeah, yeah. We were we were swinging. We were tossing each other around. It was a prime time game, Dallas, Philly. I think it was a 4 o'clock game. They should have threw us out, but they didn't. So would you, as the EVP of football operations, have thrown you out of the game? Troy, would you have done that? If For you, that instance, yes. You <laughs> <laughs> In that instance, yes. Okay, very good. See, that's straight up. I appreciate the honesty right there. You'd have thrown yourself out. So, uh, you know, obviously it's, it's, it's fascinating that you have your defensive acumen. You know, you come from a defensive side of the ball we just saw DeMonte Casey uh, be suspended for the rest of the season and the postseason as well, should the Steelers make it on the hit that I saw with my own two eyes on on Michael Pittman. How how do you square the concept of placing don't hit somebody that you're supposed to separate the ball from in the manner that Casey hit it and place it on the defender to do that? So in, Casey, in Casey's instance, Rich, we have a history here. So it wasn't just the, the one play um, in Indianapolis. And we, we just saw, are you going for the ball? Anybody watches that video. We're not looking for the end result, in particular myself, who's responsible for ejections during the game. I'm not looking for the end results. I'm looking for the actual action. What do you, what, if you saw a player, you see a player going for the ball, that's different because you have incidental contact. We're not trying to say no. Don't separate man from the ball. So in this particular case, it's almost like a lineup. Um, but in KZ's situation here, I know that was uh, that, that that's still under hearing or it's, it's being yes. heard today or that decision. But we have a history here going back from his days in Atlanta, Dallas, and now Pittsburgh. There's been a history here to get us here. And we really focus in on Rich. And John Runyon is my colleague in this particular space we really try to focus on education. Uh, we understand separating man from ball, making a play. But then there's, I, oh, we look at it, put it in three categories and make it simple for your audience. Intentional and incidental contact, or is it avoidable? So, the, and the defender is responsible for that. 
And when we look at it, was that intentional? Meaning, did he did, did the defender line the runner up? And then is there incidental? That contact was just incidental. And then you go, was that avoidable? So we look at that's kind of how you, you, you narrow it down. You narrow down the variables and go, in this particular case, it's just time to uh, – we got a, got a little bit of history here that we just need to address. Good player. Uh, we just need to make the adjustment for current times today. It's a different game. It's a safer game. But, Rich, it's a better game. So there's a couple more questions I have on this front mm-hmm. before we hit on uh, a few other topics. Um, is do you take into account? Because again, you're uh, uh, a 15 year veteran of this game, vet of this game, and Runyon, obviously, and I believe the two um, agreed upon uh, appeals officers are uh, James, James Thrash, Brooks. right, right, and and the great Derek Brooks, who's in the in the HLF. So, do you take into account that maybe the quarterback shouldn't have thrown it there, right? That 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 it's the stuff that Tom Brady is saying, and I understand you're trying to educate here, but there is a defense that's being called and a defender is in an area and is, is thinking instinctively and the ball should never have been put there in the first place. I'm just trying to come up with the way that you are thinking about this. And if you factor that sort of X's and O's into your decision-making. No, sir. And, and I can't because that's the case. Almost Tom is right. I'm not disagreeing with him, but in the case in my current position here, I have to remove just to, I'm seeing is there space? Is this particular tackle or this the action, is that avoidable? Is there space to avoid where we just hit? And it's really about protecting the head and neck area. And we don't factor in, man, why did the QB put that ball in that space? Really put the receiver in a bad spot or the back or the tight end. But that's not factored in on my decision on game day whether to disqualify or as it pertains to the suspension. And if I'm not mistaken, I just heard you say some of the suspension or fines are used as an education to tell players, hey, listen, this is the hitting area. This shouldn't be part of your body to use to hit, keep your your head up so you're seeing stuff. Um, it, It does appear this year there's more of an emphasis on fining players and not just players on Fridays, but offensive players who are using their helmets to just get in what looks like a, a normal block. It's not penalized. J.J. Watt has b- really been bringing this to attention on social media. It, it, has there been a raised emphasis on finding players like this well, this we, year, Troy? I would, yeah, I would just say, Rich, we've learned. So when we when the, the rule was implemented, the use of helmet rule was implemented in 2018, 2019, it was really targeted toward the defensive player, getting the helmet out of the game trying to remove the helmet as a weapon Mm -hmm. as it has evolved. And if we've learned the offensive players, now you see there's a few backs, tight ends, fullbacks where they are using, because it shouldn't be just this rule is not in place for just a defender. So we've seen it, but we really try to try to use it as an, as an education. Some say we take a little bit long to getting to this place, but there are unnecessary risks that are in are part of the inherited part of the game. We really look for the guys, and I'm going to say myself and John, all we got many former players that are involved. This is really about the quality of life later on. And it's a different game today. The game has evolved. I respect my peers and their opinion about the game. We're not playing in the 60s and the 70s anymore. There's enough research and facts that it affects the quality of life. So let's try to remove the unnecessary risk that – 
is associated with hitting in that head or neck area intentionally or where where you, you feel like you're lining someone up. So trying to remove that head out of the game so it's not used as a weapon, it's been an educational, it's different for all of us. I didn't come from that world. It's a different game. It's a safer game. It's a better game. And we also think about the 21 or 22-year-old today, Rich, who doesn't know what, what life's going to be like at 35 or 40 or 50. That's our role as gatekeepers of the game today to try to remove that unnecessary risk. NFL EV, the EVP of football operations, Troy Vincent here on the Rich Eisen Show. So uh, I have been in front of this microphone in this chair for a very long time talking about changing the rule that a ball that's fumbled into and through or out of the end zone goes back to the defense for a very long time. And I've heard a lot of stuff like, well, it doesn't really happen so much. We're not going to really change it. Or we're talking about it, but I don't really see anything. Your language at the microphone last week, sir, at the uh, the meeting of membership sounded like you're th- there's a possibility that this could truly be changed as a rule. Am I reading this right, Troy? I read your Big Ten clips as a Big Tenner. Okay. No, so, yes, it is. It doesn't happen very often, Rich. When you look at it, it's only happened three times this year. Mm-hmm. And many believe it's such a punitive penalty yes. for the offense. Why? There's been more discussion around it this year than I've heard in my last 10 years or nine years. So it's, it is something that the membership, the mm-hmm. coaches, will have to discuss. I think if there's a year that it gets adjusted, I do believe this is the year. Mm-hmm. I think this is the year just based off of, is it so punitive? Now, the coaches in the room, Rich, feel a lot differently about it. And what do they say? This is always the argument. And Coach Belichick says it best. You got to protect that football. You cannot. There's a skill, but you have to protect the football at all costs. When there's a little bit of lack of daisicalness of of crossing that end zone or you want to stick, you know, put the ball out there to cross the pylons. There's a consequence that comes with that. So you get the argument of why are we rewarding poor skill or mm. so that's, that's what you get. But I do believe just based off what I've seen and what I've heard, we do need to take a look at that. And I think the membership and the coaches will take a look at, I think it'd be healthy discussion this may be the year where I think there's an adjustment. And, what, and people may say, well, what would you adjust? Yes. Well, maybe giving the offense back the ball, maybe put it on the five-yard line, maybe put it on the 15-yard line. But it, it shouldn't be a turnover. I think that's the, the gist of it. Right. And then maybe we're, we're wondering if you do give the ball back to the offense, uh, for, uh, other than just the where, is, is there a penalty that comes with it that uh, you lose a down similar to maybe – uh, intentional grounding, you know, you know there, there are ways yes. to still make it punitive, but keep yes. the ball in the hands of an offense that that did maybe, and Belichick is right, my colleague here is a big Patriots fan saying, notice Patriot players never reach the ball for the pylon because they are coached not to do it and they are, they're doing their jobs, right? As uh, to yes. use the Belichick phrase, and I understand that, but if the ball's fumbled at the one inch line, it's yours. If it's fumbled at the minus one inch line, it's not. And that's the arbitrary weirdness that I think would come home the roost in a very negative way. If it happens I mean, in the did, Super Bowl, 
Yes. Did you see the, the Moore play in Tampa last week? That was a really, really good example. The receiver goes in and he extends the ball out. Right. At the very, very end. And you have to go back. Where did the ball come out? But it wasn't clear and obvious when he just crossed. So is that is that the play we're trying to capture? The more touchdown, I think it was more uh, the receiver more in Tampa. Yes. But you, I mean, he extends the ball, crosses. It looks like he's crossed the goal line. And then, boom, a fumble occurs, which many would say great defensive effort, great hustle, great play. There wasn't enough clear and obvious evidence to overturn it. But that is that that is one of the three plays that we'll watch from this season. But historically, Rich, and, and again, it doesn't happen very often. I think we've seen there was the most ever was nine in 2017. But typically, then 2015, there were six. Other than that, you see that play happening less than five times a year. And we're looking at 40 to 41,000 plays per right. season. Right. Uh, by, by the way, I also think if the ball's fumbled through and out the back of the end zone, that yes. that that I don't mind you lose possession. Like if you fumble it into the end zone and out the back, it's different than the sides. And I know that you're making things maybe a little bit more confusing. But again, since I don't have a seat in the competition committee, Troy, although I feel I should, um, you know, just straight up, you know, coming through the but front will, door here. I will provide your input. I would tell Thank him you, that sir. you and I spoke about this. I will appreciate this that. This is important. This is important to you. Not only have you spoken about it this year, mm -hmm. but you've probably been the most vocal individual in the sports arena yes, sir. that have spoken about this publicly thank you sir and i appreciate the use of arena because yes. i feel i am in one i agree that is uh, that is true um and, and so before i let you go is the brotherly shove on the verge of extinction possibly i don't i don't think so and i i shared this with the membership a week ago and then our player health and safety committee led by ronnie light and curtis uh, curtis martin we met last week in dallas and we discussed the play and it was very clear that the player says don't punish, in particular, Philly for being able to execute that play. A year ago, we studied it. The last two years, we, we've studied it. It's a, it's a play that has evolved, and I, I raised that to the membership, and we talked about that as a committee. You see different design pass plays. We saw even the other night in the Philly-Seattle game where people are starting to do some things outside. It's just not a like a normal quarterback sneak up and people are pushing. So the play has evolved. And I think, I think it stays. I, I really do. I think it stays. Is it an ugly play? People say that. What we have to, what we have to monitor is what's the unintended consequences of the player taking that in his own hand and trying to defend that. We see that, you know, we saw the other night, Bobby, uh, Bobby Wagner come over top. Yes. We saw when San Francisco did it with Fred Warner coming over top. We want to make sure that player, you know, is safe uh, with those with those consequences to make that choice to go up there. So, but it was it was a healthy discussion around the push play and making sure that one, we don't hold some, you know, we don't take away a, a, a play that they execute really well and others don't away from the game. Yeah, I saw DeAndre Swift ran one. They 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 handed it off yes. to him off of the the push play, but we also saw um uh, Kelsey get popped for moving the football a little bit further up than where it was spotted. We also saw yet another offensive offsides call. Is that prevalence of that yeah. call so Rich, coming off that, of this? That's, that's yeah, really 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 good thought there. We saw that a year ago when we were studying the play. 
what can we do better to officiate it? Mm -hmm. And that is just making sure that players are properly aligned and no one's encroaching that, that neutral zone or, or no one's lined up offside. We've seen, and we, we've, we've let Philadelphia know, Hey, that movement of the ball, you know, by the movement of the ball, you, you moving it six inches or, you know, you're moving it. You now put the defender automatically in the neutral zone, which he's offside. So, we as an officiating group can officiate the play more efficiently um, from just a formation standpoint of where people are aligned. And that includes plays that aren't even in the, the brotherly shove, like, say, the end of Kansas City and Buffalo. Like, now you're seeing more offensive offsides focus based on, yes, and on that. Yes, and that's been that way all season long. You know, you hear about the warning, stop it. You know, they warned, they did that when I played during my era. They'll just tell me, hey, 23, get your hands off. Hey, 23, let it go. But it, let's, let's, you know, let's, you're getting paid to line up properly, as we would say, line up uh, to call your alignment, assignment, and then you play ball. We should not have people aiding us and telling us whether I'm good or bad. So that's play the game, play the game. It's enough gamesmanship going on. It's already difficult to officiate the game now when you put gamesmanship you got to do other responsibilities that should be someone else's responsibility um but that has been a, a focus all season long about making sure people are lined up properly troy i appreciate the time i could go on and on with you i mean we haven't even touched upon replay i've got a ton of ideas on that front too you know so i'm gonna call you offline to, to, to get your thoughts because i have time. a lot in that area too okay maybe replay we'll, and replay assist uh, the, the, the assist I'm I'm all for it. I mean, again, I, I know I could truly go on and on and on with you, but if you would if you wouldn't mind, maybe we'll get you back on later on in the next couple months, and we'll discuss it here we'll on the to. program. We'll Thank love you. you. Thanks for having me, uh, Troy. You're really one of my favorites, and I know you don't do this quite often, so I I uh, I truly appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. You bet. That's Troy Vincent, the NFL Executive Vice President of Football Operations here on the Rich Eisen Show. So, let me translate. I speak NFL executive, <laughs> stewardess. <laughs> Probably the shove's not going to get touched. They're not changing it. They yeah, might. I, they I, might I come up like like in the same way that there's what leaping penalties right on kicks uh, on field goal attempts. Yeah, right. Leap. They, they, you heard what he said. They're going to try and figure because I saw that. Bobby Wagner went Just full on Superman. Off. Yeah, he right. Did. Yep. Well, I mean, you're getting desperate. Like what? what like. The only way to stop Hurts from getting forward is somehow transport yourself behind him and grab him, you know, by the waist and throw I him guess. back. Yeah, the thing and is, so, he can get so low, though, behind Kelsey. There's, there's, you know. I know. It's impossible to get behind the quarterback or even on his side. Like, you're trying yep. to crash down. And so they're, they're, they're looking at it from a player safety point of view from the defense. I'm wondering if Bobby Wagner's like just – don't worry about me. It's I'm the one who's flinging myself over the top of the pile here. Fred Warner, like I, this yeah. is the only way we. This is what we got. Yeah, yep. try something. Yeah, we have to dig underground and maybe come up like and, a Bugs and, Bunny cartoon. And by the way, exactly. <laughs> you know, like wind up at you know took the wrong way at Albuquerque. Right. But that's what I said. Let's get up Pismo Beach. I had said that earlier in the year though. Like why Little can't the reference. defense just shove the nose tackles and those guys? Like, well. Jason Kelsey's going to have a bust in a jacket. Well, he needs to stop cheating. Nice. 
Well, I mean, and that's now, it. Now that's where the truth is coming out. <laughs> well, he said, he, Jason Kelsey said, I've been warned multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> and you just heard Troy Vincent say, we've called Philadelphia saying, don't move the ball up. He did move it like a, almost a full <laughs> yard uh, the other night. Why not? Give it a whirl. <laughs> Maybe no Scott catches you. Yeah. Right. But um, ain't cheating if you're not trying. <laughs> so shove play. And if I'm Philadelphia, you want to you want to cement this, take out all doubt is start running more plays off of it. Well, yeah, like you mentioned, the, the trick play they ran for a touchdown earlier this season. That, that's perfect. Yeah. How soon do we see play action off of that and do, they throw it to a tight end not? or something? Yeah. And then um, the other thing, my rule is going to get my rule is going to get changed. I'll if take he, I'll take that bet. If he said the coaches won't allow, he it, said I guarantee it. that he has heard more talk about it. If there's any chance in the last 10 years, this is the 10th year of being football ops chief. If there's any chance this has ever been in the area of adjusting, not changing, not change, adjusting, adjusting, which means, which means, again, I totally get it. If you fumble in the field of play into the end zone and out the back, like a full 10 yards, then, but that's probably never happened. I don't know about that. And you said there's 40,000 plays, and we're really going nuts on something that happened out the three back, times? If the ball goes out the back, that's on you. But the ball goes out the side. It's not on you for, fu- on for you. fumbling? No. You're insane. No. That's crazy. I guarantee the but coaches how, won't allow this how about you? How about him saying what Belichick's saying in the meeting is exactly what you said? Don't fumble. Or he, and he coaches the Patriots to players not, to not do, do not reach do not for that extend. pylon. Exactly. Do not do it. And they don't. Yeah, and the guy's lost his ability to coach. He's Got lost it. his ability to GM. But so they're changing it. With all, all right. due respect. Well, nice new drop. Oh, oh. I like it. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. They're changing it. It's going to come, and 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 then now now it's just like where do you put the ball? Because there should be some form of penalty. Yeah, <laughs> like losing the football. Not losing football <laughs> possession. Like if it's third down and you do it, now it's third down from pick pick a pick a spot that's why so difficult you, to get in there. Why should you get a redo? It should be if you're going to change it. You get a redo if it goes straight out of bounds. You don't Chris. get a redo. It's you a do. loss of down. Right. So figure out the same thing. Well, you just said if it's third down, I have it be third down again. Okay, so then lose the down. Fine, I'm for it. No, don't change it. Because at least this way you could kick a field goal because you're so close. But why? You fumbled. Why because, do you get a if redo? if you fumble it, again, one last time, if you fumble so it. So the end zone means this, nothing. The end you, zone literally means nothing to you. If, if Of course it means. It means a lot to me. You have no idea. The end zone puts a roof over my head. You want to take away Touchdowns. the end zone's powers. No, I do not wish to take away yes, the end zone's powers. Yes, you do. I do not. Yes, yes you no, are. No, I do not. You're trying to make the end zone weaker. No, I don't. Yes, the end zone you, is strong. you literally are Chris, by wanting to take away Chris, losing possession. The end zone is powerful enough. It's got enough power. I'm not removing the power. The power of the end zone is still remarkable. I'm saying to you, if the ball goes out of bounds at the one-eighth yard no, line. You don't have to explain your, your point of view. No, no, I've and heard and it for and a decade. I, under, I understand I'm it. just telling you, Chris. I'm just waiting for the day when there's a bevy of rule changes to help the defense. Okay. And all I'm saying to you is get ready. Prepare I'll, yourself. And I will take that bet. I love it. Let's take a break here on the Rich Eisen Show. Before Bruce Feldman joins us in studio and Deion Sanders in hour three, we haven't talked about Chip Kelly's idea to reconfigure 
college football. Actually, wait a minute. We have. Because we were talking about the same damn thing when the Super League was formed and broken up over in Europe. In two days. In just two days. We're back in just a couple minutes. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. What's your favorite Morgan Freeman movie? What's my What's your choices? favorite Morgan Freeman movie? Shawshank Redemption, Seven, Unforgiven, Driving Miss Daisy, Million Dollar Baby. Yeah. What's your favorite? Those. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> gotta pick one. I gotta pick one. Gotta pick one. Life's about making decisions, Morgan. <laughs> uh, Driving Miss Daisy. Why did you choose that one? So far away from me. Is that right? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I don't. I, I, I see that character when I look at the movie. Mm-hmm. Everything else, I just see me. You know what I'm saying? Huh? You, yeah. So you became someone else? Yeah. Well, I, I, I. Wait a minute. Okay. A uh, little bit of a caveat here. Okay. Because um, Clint Eastwood, being one of my favorite directors and acting partners, Million Dollar Baby was. Pretty good. Well, I mean, you won the Oscar for that one for Million Dollar Baby. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Although Unforgiven to me, I've been talking about it the last two hours. That's a perfect movie. Perfect movie. I mean, it, I mean, from beginning to end. Um, what was it like working with Gene Hackman in that film? And Gene's one of the masters. He's so believable. We had a scene in Unforgiven where he had me tied to the bars in jail mm-hmm. and he was beating me and questioning me and he came up in one scene and whispered in my ear I'm going to ask you some questions same questions that I asked whoever that was mm-hmm. and if your answers don't match up I'm going to hurt you I believed him <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, Dion once interviewed Morgan Freeman when he sat in for me. He's coming yeah. up later, Dion. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to, di- to, number to dial. Whether you get pulled over or get into a crash, drinking and driving will change your whole world. Drive sober or get pulled over, paid for by NHTSA. My uh, power rankings coming up. Bruce Feldman in studio next hour. Oh, I forgot about your power rankings today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So nice. get get your get your heckling shoes on. I wake um, up heckling. I'm ready. My, you wear you wear those every day. She just did the drinking and driving read, and I just happened to look at my Instagram, and the post is: Imagine sitting at an Applebee's, thinking you one more won't hurt, and then you go out and you T-bone the president. Like, did you guys see that story? Oh yeah, where the, the drunk driver hit hit uh, Joe Biden's uh, motorcade. Wait, wait really? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, 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 happened wait, wait, last week. Not the beast, mo- the actual car. Just one of the cars. One of the cars. I'm not sure. You're going to get closer to bit. So um, last week, UCLA won its first bowl game since 2015, the L.A. Bowl against Boise State. And uh, prior to that that contest, Chip Kelly met with the media. We haven't discussed this yet because there was so much to talk about coming off of the weekend of football and then obviously the Monday night game uh, as well. So here's Chip Kelly being asked about the state of college football and what could be changed and how he envisions a better pathway forward. And it was like a lightning shot. Check it out. What is the the biggest issue that you might have right now, whether it be realignment, NIL, transfer portal, and what would your, your plan maybe be to, to try to solve it? I think they're all a problem, and I think we need to have a conference commissioner. I think football should be separate from the other sports. Just the fact that our school is leaving to go to the Big Ten in football, our, our softball team should be playing Arizona in softball. Our basketball team should be playing Arizona in basketball. But because football left, and they say, well, how do you do that? Well, Notre Dame's independent in football, and they're in a conference and everything else. I think we should all be independent in football. And you can have a 64-team conference that's in the Power Five, and you can have a 64-team conference in the Group of Five, and we separate it, and we play each other. You can have the West Coast teams, and then every year we play seven games against the West Coast teams, and then we play the East. So we play Syracuse, Boston College, Pitt, West Virginia, Virginia. Then the next year you play against the South while you still play your seven teams. You can play a seven-game schedule. You can play four against another conference, another division opponent, and you can always play against one Mountain West team every year so that we can still keep those rivalries going. Not that I've really thought about this. <laughs> Not that I've lot of spent time on this. But I think if you went together collectively as a group, and so there's 132 teams, and we all share in the same ter- we all share the same TV contract, so that the Mountain West doesn't have one, and the Sun Belt doesn't have another, and SEC has one, and they have another. That we all go together. That's a lot of games, and there's a lot of people in the TV world that would go through it. You can sponsor each one instead of calling it Group of Five and Power Five. You can call it Amazon, Nike, bid that out to things. You know, a lot of different things. But I think if we still do the same thing and take all that money, and I would do this, and I think this needs to be done. That money now needs to be shared with the student-athletes, and there needs to be revenue sharing, and the players should get paid, and you can get rid of NLI, and the schools should be paying the players because the players are what the product is. And the fact that they don't get paid is really the biggest travesty. Not that I've thought about it. I mean, it's so beautiful. What did he say? It's It's not right. It's so beautiful. That's dead on. It's so beautiful. Two things. First of all, when you say you want to pay the players, Chip, be careful. You're part of the Big Ten now. Last time that happened, everybody ganged up on one coach who said that. 
And then they all start bitching at the commissioner and poof. That's what Jim said. And all of a sudden, cheeseburgers start showing up, huh? Uh-uh-uh-uh. So, just want to say that. I cape in first before I will say this. When the Super League, what year was that? We gotta, I, I gotta start remembering this off the top. Of my was it 2021? It was. We're, we're, it, was it was pandemic, uh, right? Yeah, it's on, a 2021 or 2020. We're a bunch of, you know, Premier League sides and some other big time. Yeah, April 20 sides in European soccer. It was April 18th of 2021, and then I think by April, April 20th, 20th it, was it was done. O- it was over. Right. It, yeah. it lasted. It lasted about as long as Bill Belichick's tenure as the head coach <laughs> of the New York Jets, yeah. because fans were like, "Yeah, we're not doing this." We're not blowing up tradition and changing the way that we we play football and, and relegation and stuff like that. You're you're not taking your soccer ball and going home. We're the fans. You're you're staying put, and that actually got blown up. And at the time, I said, "What's the one sport in the United States where that can happen?" And it makes sense, and it's going to happen if the way things we're seeing goes, the way that they're still going. College football and what Chip Kelly just said—that is the NFL structure. Instead of the AFC East and the AFC South and the AFC North, you have a bunch of teams that used to be in the Pac-12 and you got a bunch of teams that used to be in the Big 12 or some that are currently in the Big 12 and some that are currently in the Big 10, some that are currently in the ACC and some that were formerly in other conferences that broke up because they couldn't keep up with the same pace of revenue. And why not take football out of athletic departments as the rest of college athletics is constructed. Why not? He's right. What are you going to take all, all the so-called Olympic sports and, and, and shuttle people from the West to the East Coast? Is that what's going to happen? Just because football decides to leave. If it's it, the, the, the one aspect of what Kelly said that was like, oh, my God, that's brilliant, is we're all waiting for when is Notre Dame going to join a conference? and totally switch up the way everyone views everything, right? When is Notre Dame going to say, we'll join the Big Ten, or we'll just actually make it official, all those ACC teams that we play on our schedule, we'll just join the ACC, which is definitely not going to happen because Florida State's already sitting there saying, maybe we should leave because that's part of the reason maybe why we're not in the college football playoff. If we were an SEC team, oh, we'd be in. So... Instead of saying, when's Notre Dame going to leave? How about everybody just becomes Notre Dame? Under the construct of an actual setup that has a commissioner, and it's all like-minded, revenue-generating programs that have the same issues with name, image, and likeness, and transportal and everything else, and everybody makes their own rules under that construct and plays football. And the schedule is simple. You play everyone in your division, and just like the AFC East rotates between playing teams in the South and North and West in the conference and plays in a rotational basis a division in the NFC right now, you rotate, like you said. So all the teams that just bolted for the Big Ten and the Big 12 – out of the and the ACC, I guess, because Stanford and Cal's like we'll just become a different coast. I mean, we're, we're we're the PCCs of the ACC, 
you know, instead of that, just put them all in one division or two divisions and have them play each other every now and then to keep the rivalries going and have a, a, a part of your schedule that is also sort of an omnibus, a wild card in the schedule that rotates as well to keep natural rivalries going. And then we come up with our own rules for NIL and transfer portal and start paying players. Brilliant. Brilliant. Why not? Yeah. The only reason why not? And, and I love how he's saying, we'll call this an Amazon, we'll bid it out to this, that, the other, because you got to have the TV partners. Without the TV money, yep. this all means nothing. Mm-hmm. And you've got to cater to those TV money people because they're the ones who, it appears, put their thumb on the scale as to who makes the college football playoff or not. Not by literally saying, you will choose this team, but, but. we're the ones putting the, the bag on the table. And we're the ones who want that matchup on January 1st. Way to go, Chip Kelly. You got to get him in here. I want I want more. Great. Idea. I want more. I want to hear more. Not that he's thought about it at all. Yeah. I love that. Not that, <laughs> not, not that he's thought about it. So we'll discuss this with Bruce Feldman. Deion Sanders coming up in hour number three. The actress Shelly Hennig from the show Obliterated on Netflix in studio hour number three as well. Also still here on the Roku channel. Paying the players. Be careful. Last guy who said that got hit for a three-game suspension for cheeseburgers. I know. Don't have the guys for cheeseburgers. <laughs> I'll gladly pay you Monday, Tuesday for a See, That's not today. what it was about, but you're okay. going you, to you, keep pushing okay. that narrative. No, no. Keep, so. keep, keep your head in the sand, Chris. <laughs> I mean, Seriously. What was that about? You, you think he's the only guy who did that? Only guy. Yeah. Only the only guy in college football who had somebody knock on their door during COVID saying, we're here. Don't lie to investigators. Well, that's another. I, 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 I totally get that. I mean, but why are the investigators suddenly aware of it? If you you and I won't agree to it. So we're not, we're not going to agree. So I don't want to keep arguing. About it. Just saying. Stop cheating. Chip Kelly wants to pay players. Stop cheating. Don't fumble. Careful. Two really simple concepts that I get behind. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know why it's so difficult. Wasn't his team like famous for skirting the rules a little I bit? Mean, though? That's why he knows. A little he understands. Bit. He gets it. Versus like, everybody. A little bit. Which team? You're, oh, it'd be uh, great. I can't wait for Bruce. Did you see Bruce Feldman's piece? Oh, I'm sorry. He, I'm sorry. he spoke to all I'm the coaches. I'm reading it right now. Oh, about the, which one? The, all the coaches the who played Michigan? Yeah, yeah. They all think that Alabama's going to win? Yeah, yeah. That's odd. That's strange. Well, they're just telling them what the tape, tape shows. Them. Understood. It's really strange that, Michigan, that the rest of the coaches in the Big Ten have a problem with Michigan. It's really weird. I've not heard that before. Yeah, yeah, Call yeah, the yeah. commissioner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 